0: Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at TheBrokenToken.com.
1: everybody we just got back from gen con and it's time for another episode of rolling dice and dropping names i mean taking names in this episode i take a break from real life monster laundry to join the guys for a gen con flavored flying squirrels and the guys review forbidden stars let me know when y'all are ready i'll be in the green room napping
2: and it's another episode of Rolling Dice and Techie Names. This is episode 73. My name is Marty. I know, I'm Tony. And Tony, I am on top of the world right now. After just coming back from Gen Con, had a wonderful time, but I must say I really like the reason why you picked this song because I guessed it and, and I was right. So well done.
0: Oh, well, I know, but it was quite obvious. I mean, not like there was any doubt you were gonna come not top on the world of defeating two unprepared adversaries, as well as having Rodney there to just carry you along in that incredible battle. I saw some pictures of Niroshima Hex, Niroshima Hex, however, how how, how would you, how do you, how are you supposed to pronounce it? Niroshima Hex? Niroshima Hex. Okay. I've heard it multiple ways, but you didn't even break a sweat in that, did you? Number one, I'm not going to be mean to anybody. And and number
2: two, I, I don't know why you said Rodney carried me. I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, if we go back and roll back the video, I think I think I was doing a little bit. My
0: back's a little bit sore. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, okay. I, I can see that <laughs> happening. I mean, I mean, the man. All he does is. Teach the games. It's not like he's playing the game, so I understand what you're saying there. So
2: no, it was it was a, a lot of fun and top of the world. For those who don't uh, remember, when we did our music episode, top of the world was the song I play af- after I win. So it was a great time uh, playing uh, with Rodney against Matt Evans and Joel Edy. and uh, they were great guys. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people in the room. Big thanks to Cardboard Jungle and those guys for doing play by play and doing the referee. Ring and, and covering all that, they did a fantastic job. It was a really good event. Ignacy really enjoyed it. And Tony, I think Ignacy is going to expand this at BGG Con.
0: I know it's not because of our challenge to the ladies, but that's what I heard. I, uh, you brought that back to me. That's going to be exciting at BGG Con. So, guys, if you haven't played the game, it really is. Yes, it's an older game. And it's not because, um, you know, as Ignacy suddenly signed on. I was quite surprised at just how much fun that game is. I, I wish I had discovered it earlier, but I'm glad I discovered it in 3.0. I, I totally
2: agree. And hopefully this game can get some some traction because it, I know uh, Ignacy said the thing about that game, it's so old. People's like, why do I want to play that old game? And I think it's just because it wasn't promoted very well Mm -hmm. and now that he's picked it up and really promoting it it is it is a fantastic game so if you haven't played check that out and here we are jumping straight ahead to bgg con but i think we probably need to talk about gen con which i just got back from just not a few days ago
0: I don't know how we're going to be able to do that scenes. How, well, one of us didn't go, but if you want to just do two minutes of flying squirrels and hear yourself talk, I can sit back in my chair. I'm good with that. Is there, is there some way we're going to do this?
2: Well, well, no, no, no. How how about this? So, you know, Vanessa got to go with me Mm -hmm. and she has some stuff that she wants to share.
0: So we could bring her in on the flying squirrel segment. Oh, so this is going to be like a third wheel on a, (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Uh, date or something or, you know, mine doesn't show up or something. So, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's bring Vanessa on and let you two talk about Gen Con. And I'll just, once again, sit back in my chair. Let me go get something to drink so I can listen to this as well.
2: No, no, you, you. I mean, there's conversational things, I'm sure. I mean, I want to hear what you did at Gen Can. That's what I'm excited to hear about.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that sounds great. So, I'll, I got my two topics ready. So, yeah, go find Vanessa. Where is the woman? <laughs> well, actually,
2: she, we need to get started on this because right now she is in the green room. And I think she's wanting to do some painting. And hold, hold on, Vanessa, do not put valances in the green room. Holy cow, dude, we got to get started. All right, let's get let's get over there.
0: And now it's time for flying squirrels. Short discussions on topics that have our attention for now.
2: Now here's something we hope you'll really like.
1: What are you talking about? Paint and put up valances? I'm just trying to clean the clothes, to wash the clothes from that trip. But hey, I have a post-Gen Con thought. What's that? Pre-Gen Con, I would come in here. I was just talking to Marty and Tony. That's it. No big deal. Now, post-Gen Con, y'all are a big deal. People actually listen to you. So I'm like all nervous and scared this time.
0: Nobody is listening.
1: (laughs) Yes, they are. Tony, people ask for you all the time.
0: Well, I appreciate those five people asking for me, and I appreciate you (laughs) commenting back to them that I couldn't make it. I was going to say, what is this? you all scared and stuff. You're the star. Everybody wants a, more Vanessa on the front end. Can her intros be longer? Yeah, right. Okay. So-
2: well, no, it's true no. because uh, there was a gentleman that I've been talking to online for a while. His name is Mike Perna, and he interviewed us and just released it. And he introed by saying, it was great to meet Marty, but the person I really wanted to meet was Vanessa.
1: I really loved Mike Perna. He is such a smart guy, isn't he? Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Well, Vanessa, the reason why we got you out of the green room is I it would be very boring to sit here and listen to Marty talk about Gen Con, as you know, and me just sit back in my chair and everybody could just hear Marty go on and on. What a great time he had. Yada, yada, yada. But that's why you're here. So... I want to hear y'all's experiences at Gen Con. And so, as everybody knows, this is a Flying squirrel segment. You got two minutes to let them rip. Let's see them suckers fly out of the tree. So what do you guys got? Are you ready?
1: Ooh, I hope I can keep it to two minutes.
0: You will, because I'll cut you off. All right, so here we go. Let's, let's. Who's kicking it off over there?
2: Last episode, I talked about the top games that I wanted to go check out while I was a Gen Con. And I had some success with those. And just as a, a... Well, one of them I didn't even get to play. Actually, Vanessa, you were interested in Steamworks by uh, Mm -hmm. TMG, right? they sold out of that game, and then they stopped dimming on it after they sold out.
1: That's right. I didn't take my own advice. I tell everybody, do what you want to do that first day in the vendor hall, buy what you want to buy. And I thought, oh, I'll have time. No, they were sold out. And so, then stop the demo.
2: Yep. So I guess we'll skip over that one. We did get to play uh, the Versus system from Upper Deck because my two sons went in together and balled it, and that was a really hot game for the gun. A lot of people interested in that. In fact, Tony's coming over Saturday, right, Tony,
0: to, to come play with me? That's exactly right. If Vanessa will let me in. Can Marty have a play date fr- Saturday?
1: I'll have to paint first.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> Another game that I uh, was very interested in, it was undersea by Privateer Press. Another game that sold out. I got to see how it played and stuff. Insta-buy for me. I'm buying it. When it comes out in stores, uh, I'm going to be all over that one. The, uh, but now the hot game of the con, one of the hot games was Codenames by uh, Check Games. And Vanessa, you and I got to play that. Big, big deal at the con. A lot of people carrying that around.
1: That, that was one of the games that we played, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on.
2: But now the most disappointing game was actually, I'd said I was interested in Wrath of Dragons. The problem was, is I demoed it and Tony, it was like, it was a decent game. But I got up going, uh, you know, I need to play it again. I'm not sure it's an instant buy for me.
0: Okay, so it's a good game, maybe a great game, but not an instant buy. But that's, but was it fun to destroy resources?
2: It, it was. It just didn't grab me as much as I had thought it would. Now, I only played a short demo, so I need to maybe try it again. But that was one of the, my top five games that I just walked away not as impressed with.
1: So those were your top five going into Gen Con, but let's talk about the hot games from Gen Con, and you said Code Names, That was a hot game, and also The Grizzled, and I had the opportunity to play both of those games with some late-night gaming fun, and they were both awesome. Made some
2: great memories playing those games. The Grizzled was uh, the game we got to play at uh, Cool Mini or Not. And so I actually got to talk about it earlier. And that's the game that kind of snuck up on us. I think a lot of people went into Gen Con, never heard of the Grizzled. And then by the end of the con, everybody was going over there to buy a copy because the word spread like wildfire about that game.
1: It really did. I did see it in the bags of people walking around and also code names.
2: Yes, Codenames was very hot because they had the pre-order, which they, they did really well. And both so the the Codenames is kind of like a word party game, whereas the Grizzled is just a card co-op game, and it is brutal. But we played like out and at a restaurant. We went outside and sat we outside did. this pub at this table and played. And we just, that's the game we would just pull out anytime we wanted to do something.
1: That's right, and it's a game that has something for everyone. Our twelve year old really likes it too, so we always look forward to that. But there were a couple other big hits that I did not get to play: Blood Rage and Ashes.
2: Blood Rage is like on fire right now. Uh, Eric Lang was there. uh, Demingwood, I got to talk to him for a few minutes. I got to play this game at Cool Mini or Not Expo. It was a hot game. It sold out. Also, they only had like 100 or so copies. They were gone. Everybody is talking about it right now online. I can't wait to get my Kickstarter version in September.
1: The ashes. The boys have really caught on to that. And why haven't you taught that to me yet?
2: I, I need to because I've, it involves dice, so you'd be all over it. But to me, this might be my game of the con because they brought 700 copies of this game and sold out. It was either late Friday or early Saturday. 700. The the artist was there. Uh, Plaid hats has a huge hit on their hand. Isaac Vega did a fantastic job designing this game. I, I just can't, Tony. I cannot wait for you to come over on Saturday and try that along with verses.
0: Enough about what y'all got to play at Gen Con. You want to hear what I got to play at Gen Cant? Oh, I I I cannot wait to hear it. Let's go. All right. So at Gen Cant, I got to play Don't Shock the Idiot. So, basically, what that was was the installation of a floodlight in, over my garage. Now, you would think, being an electrical engineer, I would know how to install a floodlight over, you know, with a motion sensor. Madonna's been getting on me. Hey, the floodlight doesn't work. Anybody can sneak up on us, things like that. So, I was going to install that. Well, Vanessa, you know what the first thing you're supposed to do when you're in, doing an electrical project
1: Turn off the electricity. You would
0: think that would be the first thing that someone who works for the power company would think about, but, oh, no, not this fool. He was happy enough. He stripped off the wires. He took down the old one. He, at least, Marty, at least put the screw caps back on the old wires because i said, you know, ooh, because if you make contact with your hand, um, black to white and create that circuit... You're gonna get a shock, and even though it's 120 volts, have you ever done that, Marty? Oh yeah, I've got bitten before. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. So on Saturday, I was playing in the 98 degree heat. Shock the idiot as I hung a new <laughs> floodlight, Gosh. and um, that, that reminds me of the Ren and Stimpy game. Don't pee on the electric fence.
1: I just want to know why there was not a
2: periscope of this. Oh <laughs> yeah, that would have been hilarious.
0: Because I was, I had two hands up on the stupid floodlight, and and why do they make the ground so hard to install? I I just don't get that because you know you got to get up in that. Oh man, it was just it was an awful experience. But I got it hung. The bad boy works, and you know what? The first thing that was said to me. What's that? The motion sensor's not set right. Oh my gosh!
2: So you lost. (laughs) It was a so it was a co op game against the floodlight, and the floodlight ended up winning in the end.
0: It did, but I'm alive to tell about it. So what else can you all tell me about Gen Con?
1: Well, it sounds like you had some non-gaming activities that were not fun. Can I tell you about some non-gaming activities that were fun at Gen Con?
0: Oh, please do. Please.
1: I know that Gen Con is for gaming, but there are families out there where maybe one um, where the spouse doesn't game, so they don't want to go. I've met people that have said that. So I had a mission to uncover the non-gaming aspects of Gen Con and it is tremendous. I took my first ever yoga class and had a ball. You would not believe all the different exercise classes they have. Yoga, Zumba, Tai Chi. I took a self-defense class. It was fantastic. I learned a few punches and elbow jabs, Marty, so you better watch out. You might better let me win ashes tomorrow.
0: <laughs> De- demonstrate.
1: Yeah,
2: demonstrate. Use Periscope. Let's demonstrate,
0: right? <laughs> no. Demonstrate on the boy. So let me see that warrior pose. Come on, break it down for me. <laughs>
2: There you go. (laughs) There was
1: also a cooking class that I went to, a costuming tip contest. I always say contest. I was not in the costume contest. It was costuming tips. There are jewelry-making classes, all sort of crafting classes, knitting, crochet, felting. Next year, I want to go to some of the puppeteering classes. And there is a huge craft room that is filled with nothing but craft supplies for you to go and take advantage of there is so much to do i even attempted a video marty's trying to edit my poor video skills but i was able to interview just a few ladies and they were telling some of the different things that they did other than gaming one of them was learning how to make flowers from icing just so many things you wouldn't even think of that are there at gen con so i'm here to say make your family go, make your significant others go, you will have fun.
0: So real quick question. So they had cake decorating classes?
1: You know, when I was looking through the list, I didn't see that, but it sounded like, like rose making how you make the little fancy roses (laughs) out of icing. It sounded like that's what it was.
0: Because and I know we're going to be on our time, but real quick, I mean, I showed Donna pictures of the rush to the doors, and she says, "No way, no how, never." But you know, if she loves cake but decorating, here's the thing, so there you go. All those
1: other classes are not in there; she would never have to rush through those doors. Boom. There you go. She's Ooh, going. Oh,
0: mic drop. Did I hear a mic yeah, drop?
1: Don't, please don't drop this mic. <laughs> I think I knocked it almost knocked it over. Yeah, you a did ago. knock it over early.
2: If you heard like a crashing sound <laughs> earlier in the recording, it was because of that.
1: I was not doing a move on you. One of my <laughs> one, of, one, of, one your... of my defense moves.
2: So I love RPG books, uh, Vanessa. It was amazing the number of RPGs that are there and, and it's like, why are you guys talking about this because I get drawn into those things. I, I'm with you. I mean, so I, I kept walking by The One Ring. I'm a mm-hmm. huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I just looked through the book. I never play the RPGs, but I just want to look through the books and skim through the books and, and, and look at such gorgeous art. The stories are great, but they're expensive, and and I just talk myself out of them. But.
1: Well, here's the thing. I wish that you had told me that. You didn't tell me that till we were on the way home. That's, that's prime Christmas gifts, man. I just told you. When, but now I'm not at Gen Con.
0: I thought the luggage was over 50 pounds anyway. Oh, no. We, oh no. we boomed
1: the luggage, Listen but that's th- later, too. No, you get back to the RPG. Get I'm back to the to RPG. Okay, track. let's go. What else did we get?
0: <laughs> this is the flying squirrels. Any squirrel is, is legal. Looks like you've done this before. That
1: squirrel's going to go off, and I'm not going to get to mine.
0: Is that squirrel loaded?
2: <laughs> uh, so uh, Adam is really big into Cthulhu Yes And uh, we ran into uh, Modiphius uh, Tony, Modiphius is the company that's going to be releasing Thunderbirds the board game Yes They also have an RPG called Octung Cthulhu Which is like Cthulhu at, in World War II And we talked to one of the guys there, T.R. Knight Who right. follows us on Twitter And he told me all about it My sons got really excited And he, and he uh, hooked us up uh, with some, some books uh, to, to let Adam use And so he went and got the, Adam went and got the core rule book For Call of Cthulhu Oh my gosh, even more gorgeous art And, and the system is great So Adam is going to be running some Cthulhu themed games This Halloween And he needs to come home Because so I want to play some of those I know,
1: and I can't wait I'm wearing my Cthulhu shirt right now But T.R. Knight is a fantastic guy And he introduced me to uh, Lynn Hardy Who helped out with those books But she has won Cogs, Cakes, and Sword Sticks And it's a steam. Sting- Steampunk RPG and yeah, I bought it and that's happening. Gonna dress up in my steampunk attire and grab my friends and we're doing that. So I'm all about the RPGs
0: too. Well hopefully that'll be up on Periscope. But back to jen Camp real quick, I do want to point out something serious about it. You know, 425 Suzanne or Suzanne Sheldon on our show, uh Chit Chat, she um along with a bunch of other people helped her organize all the things. And I want to give a big shout out to all the companies that contribute. That was a huge from a standpoint of prizes donations there the, the list was incredible. If you didn't participate in Jcan, you missed out on a very easy opportunity to win a prize during the Gen Con time. And I think from our standpoint, you know, Marty, I know we gave out a mini dice tray and, and you also committed us a, a, a cool stuff stuffing, $25 gift card. And we'll be sending that out shortly, but that was not only incredible that Suzanne organized all that and the people go out, check out the GenCant.com site. I know I sent in a picture, even though I wasn't eligible to win, but you know, some of the creativity was just unreal. So if you missed out on the Cant chance be sure to take a part of it uh, next year because, to be honest with you, there was enough prizes to go around for everybody.
2: Yeah, and to uh, be honest, I kind of miss some, seeing some of those pictures. I saw the winners. I don't know if you saw them, Vanessa, but there were some really creative ideas out there. In fact, uh, one of the winners was played off the little skit that I did in the Team Vest episode 2 video <laughs> really? where um, uh, I was playing against you know myself in a game. Right. A guy superimposed himself in four different spots around a board game as he was like playing against him so that was really cute.
1: That really is an amazing thing. It it helps to to connect those that go to Gen Con and those that don't. It that really is.
2: You rock Suzanne. She she is just And that was a lot of work. Did you see all the I, pri- I don't know if I showed you the prizes. The prize list is huge.
1: I, I can't even imagine all the, the hours she had to put into that.
2: Oh, and then now she has to deliver all the prizes. So yeah, kudos, kudos to her. Absolutely. Love you, Suzanne. <laughs> One of the high, big highlights for us, Vanessa, and we've just been calling it Hall B. <laughs> Here's the thing about the four best ga- days in gaming, or was it the f- best four days of gaming? We didn't do a lot of gaming. We did a lot of walking. We did. We did a lot of talking, <laughs> but we didn't do a lot of gaming. And so one night, I think it was Friday night, we said, all right, we're going to go play some games. So we, we tried to find a spot. We walked into one of the bigger halls, Hall B. Hall B. And we just found this little secluded table on the side. It was our entire family. I brought in code names and a uh, oh, grizzled uh, to play. So then I just sent out a couple texts. I went out, sent out three or four texts. Hey, we're in Hall B. If anybody wants to come uh, join us, do so. It was amazing. In the next ten minutes, people started walking in and bringing other friends and stuff. And by the th- we were all done. We had like Rodney from Watch It Played. Emerson from NASCA Games who designed Spectre Ops. We had Joel from Drive Through a Few. Chaz from Paradise Paradise. We had Eric Summer from the Dice Tower. Mark and Randy from the Board Game Corner. Tiffany, from, uh, who is the one-tar, and Eric, who's on Push Your Look. Now, excuse me for a second. I just got to pick up all these names that I just dropped on the floor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, Keith Collins is down here, too. <laughs> okay, well, did I, you I pick got him up now. Mike Perna?
1: Because he was there, and too. And Mike Perna was there, yep. there, too. And we <laughs>
2: had, then we had some local friends come in and play with us. We did. We had basically, what, three games of Grizzled running at one time.
1: We did. Susan and Richard from the game club came, Tony. Okay.
2: And here's the thing. Of the three games... Uh, who was it that won? We did. <laughs> we did. We did. And if you want to see how that game's played, actually, Joel shot video while he was sitting there with the guys in the game he played with. So if you want to see how Grizzled uh, works, go to Drive Through Review and check that out. And then we followed that up with Code Names, which was absolutely hilarious. It,
1: it was. It, it, it was one of the highlights. That was a fantastic. Night of gaming. Yeah,
2: except when Rodney gives a clue of like uh, water, and one of the one of the uh, options is ice, but that's not one of the words he's trying to get people to say.
1: And another option is tap, but that's not, <laughs> that's that's not one of the words he said.
2: As <laughs> soon as he said that, he leaned over me and said, "I really screwed up on this one. I didn't see ice and tap."
1: <laughs> yeah, but we do have to say they ended up winning. So
2: yeah, that's true. Didn't that's hurt true. Too bad. A, Hall B, great experience for us, and we went there two nights in a row.
1: And, and you know what? What do you follow up a great night of gaming with? A cool milkshake.
2: Oh, yeah. From
1: Steak and Shake. That's right. <laughs> so we would every night, of course, when it was really late. Well, late for me is 1 or 1.30 in the morning. I know some people stayed up way past that. But we would go to Steak and Shake. And again, we always seemed to meet up with someone. We saw Chaz. Did you... Yeah, I mentioned Chaz. Mention Chaz. Yep, we would have um, late night shakes with Chaz and Rodney and um no, met. people just kept
2: coming in. They did. Uh, they Hunter did. Shelburne was there. I mean, it wasn't like let's let's go meet at Steak and Shake. It's like the people started walking in the door.
1: It just happened to be where everybody was. And then
2: one night after the um the Secret Cabal meetup, that whole crew came in there. So it was Jamie and Chris and those guys uh, came in to hang out. So that was just like the place to be. And, and obviously it was because it took us forever to get a seat. And then it took us forever to get our shakes.
1: Well, yeah, here's the mistake. Because we got there really late or early that night. It was like 2.30. Yes. And we go up. There's no one at the takeout line. So we're like, oh, this is a breeze. We're going to go to the takeout line. So then you met the big gang from Secret Cabal. So after we ordered our shakes, they told me and the boys, yeah, you wait in this room. They like herded us into this side room, and there was like mobs of people standing in there. Adam and I were like... Uh-uh. I can't believe we're doing this. And, and it was like
2: 20 minutes to
0: get a milkshake.
1: Are you kidding me? It was, it was cra- like 45 it was minutes. crazy,
0: Tony. <laughs> well, um, but well, are they good?
1: And then they messed them up that night. Well, they had been good until that night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, th- They were good. And it was bad. We had, what, three nights, three milkshakes? We oh, skipped yes. one night. Yes, yeah. That was, that was not healthy for us.
1: Hey, but there was a lot of walking.
0: But I think from Vanessa's standpoint, after yoga and all of her classes, she... She could handle it. That. Right. What did you What did you That's do, right. Marty? Uh, exactly. I did a lot of walking and talking, not a lot of gaming.
2: <laughs> so I didn't do all the exercise classes like she did. So yeah, I was I was bad.
0: So I got a question. What was the big thing that happened? Marty teased me with this. This and, was this the antidote? I thought there was something really funny that happened. <laughs>
1: Is this what he called the incident? The cupcake incident. (laughs) The cupcake incident. So one of the food trucks just happens to be a cupcake truck, and I'm obsessed with, along with milkshakes, cupcakes. So I wanted to take Ignacy and Mary a cupcake. They are such an adorable and sweet couple. Every time we went by their
2: booth, they were so friendly. It's Ignacy from Portal Games and Mary, his wife. Oh yes, Excuse I'm sorry. Me, that's another
0: name. I'm sorry.
2: Me get this up off the floor. <laughs> so anyway,
1: so Adam and I had bought three cupcakes. So we bought a brony cupcake. It was all pink for Mary. Then we bought this really big zombie cupcake for Ignacy. and then we got ourselves a chocolate peanut butter cupcake. So I carried these cupcakes around no exaggeration, for about an hour. And they were in their little individual cups. So we're walking around, holding them very carefully. And when we get up to the booth, he was doing an interview. So we had to wait till the interview was over. So when the interview was over, I went, I gave him his cupcakes and he set them on the edge of the table. And the tables are kind of high with the game components on there. And he was excited about the cupcake? And his name is Jeff Patino. Yes. He came up to shake Marty's hand and accidentally bumped the table, and the cupcakes—it was like the slow motion scene—went flying, came out of their boxes, and doing flips as they go and land on the ground. And Ignasi just yells out, "My cookie!" and then "My cookie's wife!" <laughs> and it was just—it it was one of those memory-making moments. But here's the good thing that oh, hold came. On, I
2: was say, oh, they came out of their container yes. and landed upside yes. down yes. on the floor on the floor
1: uh-huh. but something good happens from everything and we got to meet Jeff he is a super duper nice guy and really helped out Ignasi and that was just one of those moments now that we'll
2: remember forever
0: the, is there a sad side to this did Ignasi ever get a cupcake
2: you know I really don't know oh my he, no, gosh he picked up, no 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 hold on he picked up those cupcakes and ate them off the floor <laughs> He brushed them all. And what was funny is that he looked at Jeff and says, you're fired. You're fired. You get out of my booth. You're fired. Messed up my cookies. You're fired. And And Jeff said, no, let, let me stay. Let me stay. He said, no, you go to that half of the booth. You do not cross this line. Do not touch my cupcakes again. And I think he
1: tweeted a picture of that he was fired. Well, I saw the picture, but I didn't know if he actually ate it. But the funny thing, Tony, not long after that, we walked over to Plaid Hat Games. And as we were walking by, I think it was Brett knocked their table and knocked over their thing of french fries so <laughs> connell <laughs> like, some food we've got to get yeah. out of here
2: <laughs> do not let's not take food or be around food in the <laughs> vendor hall at gen con it's just not a good mix
0: at least you didn't spill it all over rattle battle grab the loot and all that stuff i could just see that cupcake going spru- everywhere
1: one thing though i think jeff started tweeting what was it marty hashtag um no more cupcakes or it was something funny. Shoot. I wish I'd had it with me. Cause I said, hugs, not cupcakes.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: Anyway, that's, that's just one of those classic moments. We'll remember.
0: So uh, finish this off for us guys. What do you got? Anything else? Did anything else miraculous? What, what do you remember most from Gen Con? Well,
2: here's the thing is uh, Gen Con this year, the numbers were 61,423 attendees. Now, the first time Vanessa and I went was four years ago. It has doubled in size. They said it's been doubled in size wow. since four, four mm-hmm. years ago. The interesting thing is, is for the past four years, they've had double-digit growth, at least 10% growth every year. This year is only 8.5%. I'm wondering if it's now gotten so crowded that people are like, you know what, I'm going to attend a different con. Uh, because the growth wasn't there this time. It was packed, Tony. You know, it was hard to get a room. It's Thursday in the vendor hall was like Saturday from years ago. It was insane.
0: Well, I, I mean, and I can't wait. You know, Vanessa's joining us at BGG Con, and I'll be in my cardboard box while y'all have the hotel. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to what her impressions are of that compared to Gen Con. Because you're right. When I read the numbers and I read about all the attendance and you saw the pictures, you you just look at it and say, why would I want to get in that mess? for for games that are coming out within a month you know
2: people did and you know what i uh, i didn't buy a lot of games vanessa didn't buy a lot of, it was really it was more about the people uh, we had more fun just hanging. i mean i guess that's why places like bgg con dice tower maybe are so popular because you can hang around people and play games and this is more of a marketing type thing
1: yeah but there is a lot of excitement with it yes there's an excitement and thrill mm. about seeing the new game and being able to get that new game
0: and I think also meeting the designers and the publishers and all that goes along with it. I mean, if, you, if you've never gone, it's worth going once. And so and what were you saying, Vanessa?
1: Well, I was going to say one highlight was you got to meet the artist from Ashes. Is that correct?
2: Uh, uh, yes. Vanessa Suarez. Yeah.
1: So that's, a, that's Who, something that you don't get at other places. That's true.
2: She also, she also did this art for Dead of Winter mm-hmm. also. We um, got some cards signed by her.
1: The highlight is people.
2: The highlight, people. the highlights, the people. It was just there was a lot of them.
1: There were a lot of them, and the ones that I met, I
0: cannot wait
1: to see them at BGGCon.
0: And most of them, you will. Mm-hmm. And Tony actually gets to go to this one. Woo! <laughs> like I said, me and my box. I'm ready to go.
1: You will not be in a cardboard box.
0: Okay, I'll be at the foot of your bed like your dogs. I'm fine with that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> kicked my dog off the bed. <laughs>
1: Oh, we we cannot end this without talking about the broken token. They were amazing. Their booth was beautiful.
2: It, it was. Uh, that's right. Tony didn't get to see it at Origins either. Uh, they have a gorgeous booth. They put on the end of an aisle. They've got these two large monitors that shows off all their inserts. Uh, they they made us gorgeous. Squirrel tokens that we were giving out that was also given 10%. This is the first time they had a booth at Gen Con, and they were in the entrepreneurial aisle. And every day you'd walk by there, they had a list of inserts they had sold out of. And they were go- going through them pretty darn quick.
1: They were. They had sold out of a lot yeah, Many by of the them. time it was over.
2: Uh, especially the new ones, like for Legendary Encounters, Because the new Legendary Predator came out, so everybody was going out over there and buying those. I don't know if they sold out, but I think they came close to selling out the Imperial Settlers. And it was for two reasons. Uh, One is that it now can hold the expansion that Portal just came out with. But somebody found out that the Imperial Settlers insert works in the Ashes box. And there's little trays to hold all the tokens. So people were buying them not only for Ashes, but for Imperial Settlers too. Wow.
1: And, and I didn't realize that that's the way the vendor hall worked, that they were in the entrepreneur section and they have to like, they're not sure they'll get a booth for next nope. year.
2: Yeah. Tony, the, the the vendor hall is now so crowded. There's there's like a waiting list or there's like a priority for even getting on. So at the end I was talking to Greg, he said, you know what? We may not even be here next year. Only thing we can do is put our name on the list and keep our fingers crossed.
0: Well, I wonder if that's the case with most of the guys there that you have to put your name in a hat and it's, it's kind of like vendor housing, you know, that beautiful housing uh, salary, whatever lotto that they ran. Maybe it works for vendors too. Like we do for hotels. Mm.
2: Yeah. I was talking to uh, Travis chance from action phase games. And he said that they're not even allowed to expand your booth size anymore. They said, whatever your booth is, is what it's going to stay. At. And he said he was fortunate to get the size that he wanted and he wouldn't want to expand anyway. But it's a lot of people who have been growing can't get their booth any bigger
0: Hmm, that's a very interesting well it'll be interesting to see how gen con continues to evolve over time i mean you know and how the hobby continues to evolve we keep waiting for the bubble is it going to burst is it going to just hang in there and be a certain size for a while who knows
2: yeah i will say that uh as far as you know this used to be the big place where you release games it seems like there was a lot of games that were like getting ready to come out and they were demoing Mm -hmm. but weren't necessarily released here um, it seems like the the Fantasy Flight announcements for the games that they made, uh, which was the Warhammer Quest action card game, Fury of Dracula, which they already announced, and Runebound Edition 3. I went to that uh, press release, or the press meeting, they called the In-Flight Report, where they announced these, and people were like, yay, that's good. But it wasn't nearly the reception of like last year when Imperial Settlers came out. So even the big companies like that, some people felt like it kind of fell a little flat. I I know I'm making Gen Con sound bad, and I I shouldn't because there was a lot of fun, there was a lot of excitement. I'm just wondering if companies and people are now going to start spreading out their releases instead of all at Gen Con, maybe some is the Essen, maybe some is the Origins. And likewise, attendees are now saying, well, I'm going to choose BGG Con or Dice Tower, et cetera, as opposed to just Gen Con.
1: Yeah. But I will stand by that if you want to take your family, if you have family members that do not game, this is a convention to go to. There is just so much there for them. In our gaming, it has branched out into so many different hobbies. The cosplay, the painting... uh, you could do anything, anything there. It's funny, Tony, we were walking through the vendor hall one day and this guy just helped me and Marty out with a direction or something. And so I pulled out a squirrel token to thank him for helping us. And he wouldn't take it. He said, Oh, I'm not a gamer. And I know Marty and I had a weird look on our face. He said, I sell paintbrushes. (laughs) So he didn't even game. He was just there selling his paintbrushes because everybody needed them for painting the RPGs. Um, you said something that reminded me, um, Did you talk about Niroshima Hex? Did you talk about Battle of the Board Game Networks?
2: Uh, We talked about Niroshima Hex uh, when you were sitting in the green room.
1: Oh, when I was washing the dishes? (laughs)
2: okay or or washing the dishes in the green room is that what we're saying
0: (laughs) well we won't get to the battle of network that'll be another one but i tell you what vanessa okay we really do appreciate you spending time to at least share with me your gen con experiences since i couldn't be there in this way it was a different voice than just hearing marty drone on and on for 40 minutes and me saying well okay outstanding (laughs) wish i was there (laughs) so uh you know, I agree with no, you.
1: No, the highlight yeah. was Shock the Idiot. That's the highlight. Yeah, that, that was
2: the best uh, two-minute squirrel <laughs> edition of this uh, Flying Squirrels for sure. And I know I probably went over. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we stopped the clock a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all had Baker a blast. It's, it's,
0: <laughs> I know everybody appreciates y'all sharing that. So if you don't get a chance to make it to Gen Con, you really should. Because from, as you can tell from my co-host and his lovely bride, hey, it's the place to be even with your family.
1: That's right. And make it next year because you're going. Tony McCree will be there for everyone to meet.
0: We'll, we'll end on that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Tony,
2: weren't you glad I was able
0: to pick you up Tides of Time? I was ecstatic you were able to pick me up Tides of Time. And I saw that you were able to pick up some games for yourself while you were there. Did you get the Atlanteans expansion? I got it. Can't wait to play it this weekend. But if people weren't so lucky to make it to Gen Con like myself, nor did they have a mule like you coming from Gen Con, when's the rest of Ignacy's games going to hit if you want these uh, beautiful prizes? Well, if you're into some beautiful prizes, yeah, they are not right, prize- giving them away. Know, they're not, but they're prizes to your game collection. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if you're interested
2: in Rattle, Battle, Grab the Loot, or Tides of Time, or the Atlanteans' expansion to Imperial Settlers, keep an eye out those coming to your local game stores or online stores coming in September.
0: Now, I will say this. I saw some news releases about Robinson Crusoe and the convoy that Ignacio picked up. I'm I'm really excited about Robinson coming out from Portal Games. Do you think he'll include our Sunday Day at the Beach card? He better. He knows it's for me. Well, Marty, I appreciate Vanessa sitting in with us and sharing her Gen Con, but let's get back to business. This is about board gaming. So let's tell everybody about Forbidden Stars. Is Gen Con not about board gaming? Not based on what y'all were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You didn't play any board games. You didn't play. You were walking and talking and eating. So, um, but so let's really, Forbidden Stars, you were dying to get this. I got to play it again. And we said on our last show, we needed a little bit more time with it to really share our thoughts about it. And I, I think I'm ready for it. Are you? Uh, Big time. And I think one of the reasons why we were so excited about it was
2: because it's like a spiritual successor to Starcraft the board game, which you and I and a couple other uh, friends who were just getting into board gaming, what, six, seven, when that come out, like 2007, so about eight years ago. Uh, That was like our first really big, deep board game, and we just absolutely loved it.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think a lot of it was with the StarCraft universe and and how it felt like the video game had been brought down to the board game for us, the the various units and all. But the one thing that did come up was... To us, back then, it was a complex sort of game. It was hard to understand for people who weren't really into the board gaming and that type of, especially long-playing games.
2: Sure, and remember, it was one of those things that every time we got together and wanted to play it, if we hadn't played it in a few months, we all had to like reread the rules. And and remember how okay, what does this particular action token do? And, and especially the combat. We had to really read up on the combat every time we played.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you remember, I brought over laminated sheets. It was like a, an RPG event going on when we were playing StarCraft. It was kind of sad. And it was actually kind of fun. Oh, yeah.
2: I really enjoyed, it enjoyed our
0: times doing that.
2: So, so what we want to do is we want to really directly compare those two uh, because we do have experience in both. And like I said, it is kind of a successor to that. And the reason why we felt it was going to be that way Tony was mainly because of the action selection system that we really enjoyed in StarCraft.
0: Right, and and that was one of the key things we love. Now, and all, and you know, full disclosure here: before we played Forbidden Stars, we went back and played StarCraft, and then we've played Forbidden Stars. So, you know, we actually do have a good comparison here, Marty. And um, I don't want to go over all the rules.
2: That's true. What we can do is just kind of give an overview of the game as we go. So the game is, um, well, StarCraft was. You had these planets, you had these planet tiles that were interlocked and you built your galaxy that way. In forbidden stars, it's tiles, it's square tiles that you put down and each tile is split up into four areas. A tile is called a system and there's four areas in each one that contains planets. And from those planets, you can deploy units to it and there's void spaces where you can deploy ships. So the, you build up this entire galaxy, and the whole purpose is basically go fight and try to collect objective tokens in the Warhammer 40K
0: universe. Right. Well, versus StarCraft, it was collect X number of victory points or decimate your opponents or meet a special condition. So get your objectives in war, Warhammer versus a whole bunch of other winning conditions. I mean, that's that was really a good comparison of the two. And I think for me, I'm, I'm digging the Warhammer side of it. I like how they have the winning conditions.
2: Well, it was different because with StarCraft, whichever faction you played, depending on that was your special condition. So every faction had a certain special condition that you could win with. In addition to these conquest or victory points and to get victory points, basically some of the planets had victory points on them. You took over the planet. You got those victory points. That's little. That's different than. This game, whereas the whole goal is everybody's trying to do the exact same thing. There's no special victory conditions. Whoever has the first one to get to uh, the objective tokens uh, based on the number of players in the game, you need, if you're just four players, you need four objective tokens. Or whoever has the most objective tokens after eight rounds. So that simplifies it right there. Because Tony, remember when we played StarCraft, we kept going back to the same faction because if you play another faction, you kind of had to learn how to play it because each played a little bit differently. Now, I guess in a way there is... Some niceness to that because each one does play
0: different, but the factions in Warhammer 40k are somewhat different too in how they play. Exactly. So I'm sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? Warhammer, the factions are all different. I've played two different. You've probably played them all, so they're all different as well. Well, I was thinking of the victory conditions. Oh, victory Every
2: game. faction had their own speci- special victory condition, and in, uh, in Starcraft, not in 40k. So, so which victory conditions do you prefer, Warhammer or Starcraft? I'm going to have to say Warhammer. All right. Uh, because I feel it's just more straightforward. There's these tokens on the board. Guys, go get that token. The token is sitting on a planet. If you're the only unit sitting on that planet, and there's no enemy units. You get to pick up that token and put it on your board. If you collect enough of them, you win the game. Very straightforward. Easy to teach. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. And then moving right along here, because in Warhammer, I never felt like I had. To- you got eight rounds. Starcraft it's an infinite time round, you know, infinite time to build up. In Warhammer, you got to get moving. If you don't get moving, they're going to take those objectives from you. StarCraft, we, we called it the turtling, and and you could do that. It was a constant build, build up, build up, build up, build up. Because especially with some, especially some of the factions you could turtle with, there's no turtling in this
2: game. It's impossible because the winning condition is you got to go fight and get those tokens.
0: Yeah. So if you like to turtle and then go attack and beat the snot out of people, Uh, I don't know if Warhammer is going to be it for you. So for me, I prefer the Warhammer method of get out there and go. Don't waste time. But maybe that's because I've gotten older and I don't have a lot of time to sit there and develop and all. (laughs) You know, the clock is ticking on me. So what about you? Well, remember in the last game, Tony, we played, um, that game went really fast. It was like,
2: um, so we that was our first time building a custom galaxy. And basically, everybody has a home faction tile that you put down on the table. And you give every other player two of your objective tokens. So the other players are putting your objective tokens down on the board that you have to collect But since every time you put down a tile, you have to put down uh, tokens on slots on that tile that require it, that means that there may be some tokens out there, and this happened with us, Tony, that are really easy for some people to get just because of the way the tiles went down.
0: Right. So you don't have time that way. But for me, Marty, I think it's the eight rounds that you've got in Warhammer that Boom, you've got a set time frame. You don't have all night to sit back and sip the tea and, and eat dessert. You got to go.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are some situations that we ran into where people quickly collected their tokens because they just happened to be in easy spots. Then you're really on the spot. You don't have time to sit back. You've got to move out because everybody's taking a, uh, somebody may have jumped on you in the in the lead on number
0: of objectives they've taken. Right. So I understand what you're saying. Go get the tokens. If people are jumping on them, you got to move. Eight rounds, you got. You don't have time to sit there and build up this massive army. So once again, for me, winner, Warhammer, I like that. I like that. Move the game along somehow. That's
2: right. Now, they do both have similar action selection mechanics, and this is the thing that we really loved. In StarCraft, you had three, they're, they're little hex tokens, and you had three types of hex tokens uh, that you could use. There was mobilize, strategize, and I believe it was build uh, was the other one. Whereas with 40K, you you have four types of tokens, and three of them are somewhat the same as the ones that StarCraft had, except you have uh, one additional one that you can use in order to basically gain additional resources on the board. And Tony, that was a little one that we had to kind of get used to, the Dominate order, mm-hmm. which was different than StarCraft. But the unique thing about Dominate was everybody's Dominate ability was different. That was one thing that separated all the factions from each other.
0: And we didn't really pl- – we, we've got to keep refining that and how to use that. I, I think that's going to take a little bit more exploring in the game. But it was a neat thing that <clears throat> that's how you have got to be able to use that special faction ability I, I like that in that game
2: and the, and like the way if, if you've never played either one of these games it's really cool you take these hex tokens and you put them down on a tile where you want to take an action maybe you want to move to a tile or build something on a tile or uh, do a strategize where you can upgrade your stuff and everybody goes around and puts tokens down and we, everybody puts down four tokens and then you resolve from the top down so if you're the last one to put a token on the stack then you'll be the first one to resolve that action. And that takes a little while to wrap your hand around. Cause remember one of our buddies said, that's the part that really gets to him. It's like, I keep forgetting that the first thing I don't want
0: to do that I want to do is not the first thing I should put down on the board. Right. And then getting screwed over because you had a token over there that you put place down thinking that it would be later in the round. that it's just sent by itself. And yet Somebody comes over, and part of the strategy is placing a order on top of yours, trying to block somebody and force them to, to not be able to get to it because you know, you know that they're fixing to mobilize on you. And so maybe you can force them not to get to it or build. And if you're adjacent to them, you can place that order there, and then they can't build to go mobilize. That is a beautiful part of both games, I think, that that's why we enjoyed it so.
2: I I, I totally agree and both games kind of have the same concept. You start out with a really small force, you try to gather resources, you gather resources by having control of planets and by doing so you can deploy more units onto the field, you can upgrade uh, your units and buy more powerful ones as as you build And, and 4K is building cities. The more cities you build, the bigger stuff that you can make, you have to have factories on planets to build certain units in certain areas. So all that feels right. Now, StarCraft was a little bit different. You know, StarCraft really did mimic the video game very well when it came to the tech tree.
0: Oh, yeah. The tech tree, uh, I love that. I do miss that from Warhammer. I enjoyed the tech tree. And one thing... You mean StarCraft? I mean StarCraft, sorry. Uh, So for me, Warhammer, you know, yeah, that was okay. I love the StarCraft tech tree. But one thing I want to point out, Marty, on these orders that... I'm, I'm leaning more towards the StarCraft method was in Warhammer. You could, you know, upgrade your orders by buying those cards. I think you were mentioning that, right? Correct.
2: Yeah, there are some cards that you can. Everybody has the ability to upgrade some of their orders. So they do something more than what the uh, normal order does. Right.
0: In StarCraft, you could get special orders. But if I remember correctly, you got extra benefits. So you were able to get those special orders that would be like, um, you know, for the, the mobilize, it was a gold thing and you got specialness out of that and you had to upgrade to get to those. So it wasn't always available. So I guess I'm losing the train of thought here is the mobilize units in Warhammer. When you play mobilized you got the special benefits because you had the card in Starcraft. You had to have the token turnover, I kind of like that better, Marty.
2: So every action has two tokens associated with it, so you could do two of each uh, basically during a turn. And like you said, with StarCraft, you had to build special modules. Remember, just like in the board game, you had to build special, spilled, oh, wow, spilled. Build special buildings or add on special modules to those buildings to get that golden mm-hmm. token. But then you had that in addition to the other, so you could only do it once, whereas that is a little different with the 40K. So you know, with the whole tech tree, I think I'm gonna have to give, I'm gonna have to give the nod to Starcraft on that one because the tech tree, if you've played Starcraft, it totally makes sense. You got to build this building, which will allow you to build these units. You can upgrade that building to do additional units. And Forbidden Stars, basically, it really comes down to this. The more cities you have, the better units you can build. And it's that way for everybody on the board. So everybody has these levels of units from command zero up to command level three. All you got to do is as uh, every city gives you moves you up one command level, then you can build it. It was a little bit tougher to negotiate that tech tree in StarCraft than it is in 4K. Now, some people may
0: like that because it's more streamlined, but I just like my tech trees, man. But, but... But this is one of the neat things about Warhammer that I really enjoyed. You talked about the cities. So let's say I take over your city in Warhammer. Then that becomes mine, and I drop you down in your capability of producing these special units. That I love that's part of the strategy of Warhammer. I can take over people's factories and buildings and get rid of, and, and then benefit from that and I don't have to worry about that if I plan everything out. That fact of the game I really enjoy.
2: Uh, you know what I have not thought about it that way That's a very good point. Once you upgrade your stuff in Starcraft it was it was there to stay Nobody was going to take it over and that is a really strategic element of the game like of protecting your cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a very good point. So you just can't build a city and leave. You're going to have to leave some units back there to protect that area uh, because uh, cities and factories, like you said, all you got to do is have an enemy unit land there and if there's no other enemies there, they just immediately take it over without a fight.
0: And, and what's really neat about that, Marty, is if you plan it out right and let's say you have some a build order waiting in the wings and you suddenly go from having just one city and suddenly you got two cities, Now, now you can quickly upgrade and that's part of your planning. That, to me, is a Really, really brilliant thing about Warhammer. Uh,
2: you're absolutely right. So I think the last really big thing is comparing the two combats. Mm-hmm. Remember, Tony, we had to reread the rules over and over for StarCraft. And StarCraft took a while because it was a skirmish-based thing. Basically, when you brought your units into a planet, you, had, you fought somebody else's units and you took them off the board And then you lined them up. You had an attacker pick the defender. And then for you, so you had these little separate fights with Warhammer 40 K. It's just, everybody goes in at once, right? It's a huge battle and not one individual skirmish. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And one thing that drove me crazy about Starcraft was the attacker got to assign the skirmishes. Oh, I hated that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it was advantage to the attacker, which I guess makes you want to be motivated to attack. But the combat drug out a little bit because there was no dice in this game. It was card based. So each of you would put down a card, you flip it over, you compare you know, um, attack versus defense or whatever. Whoever has the most would, would knock out the other guy. But then you go down to every other little fight and do the exact same thing. It's
0: a little bit different in Warcraft, uh, Forbidden Stars. Real quick on Starcraft, you got to draw those cards. And if those cards you drew didn't represent the units, then you got the next best numbers on there. Oh, that was awful. But you're right, Warhammer... Rolling those dice, baby. Here it comes.
2: Now, the different thing about the Warhammer is the dice. So you collect all your units, and every unit is a certain number of dice you get to roll. You both roll a whole big handful of dice based on the number of units you have and the type of units that you have. And those dice have on them like attack icons, defense icons, and... Morale? Morale. Thank you. (laughs) I think I said it It starts with the ilm. Yeah. And so you, that's the first thing that, that you do is roll all those dice and get that set up. Now, there is a card-based mechanic into this. You draw, each of you uh, have a deck of 10 battle cards. You draw five, and from that, you're gonna play three rounds of putting down cards. So every time you put down a card, Uh, Tony, there's uh, some of a similarity. If you put down a card with a particular unit that you have in play, you get a bonus benefit to it. Right. Now the attack is the same, but there is some additional text that you have if you have the same unit in play that matches that card.
0: Yeah, but I think to my point is the, the health and the defense of that unit is always the same. It doesn't matter what card you play. From the standpoint, it doesn't impact it, but you're right, it may give it special abilities, but it's on your player board what that attack and defense are.
2: And so basically it's three rounds each of you play a card you compare uh attacks and defense every shield blocks an attack uh every attack that goes through does damage and now tony i like this because then you as the defender or the one that's taking damage gets to decide where a damage is assigned because a unit can be routed which just means it's put on its side it's routed if there's less damage done to it than life. And then it's just laid on its side. It's no longer involved in the fight. But if you exceed it, then it's gone off the board. And that goes over course of three cards. One, two, three. And at the very end, you count up the amount of morale left based on the morale showing on the dice and any standing units that you have left. Each unit has a certain type of morale. Personally, the most morale wins the battle and the others have to retreat.
0: Right. And you would think, you would think that this, Combat would go so much faster than it did in StarCraft, and I think it will once we learn the cards. I think we slowed down a little bit and we overthought the cards. I mean, you can quickly, and, and listening to other people talk about the game, you know, where I am a bystander and during a battle and how things could drag out. I've heard people say that on, on multiple occasions, but you know, I, I think that's you just need to invest into the attack. You need to say, man, don't get beat. You, need, you really need to <laughs> um, um, be a sideline commentator during those battles to try to force them to play certain ways. I mean, it's a game. Get involved. Well, I think
2: it's also one of those things, too. You want to pay attention to the battle because you want to see what kind of battle cards right. are in their deck. Because that's part of the strategize action is where you can upgrade those cards. Basically, you replace uh, cards in that deck with other cards, but you always have a stack of 10. So you always have, and there's two of every type of card. So You always have a 50% chance on your five-card draw to get one of those upgrade cards. So you probably really want to know how those guys act during the battle so you can be prepared whenever you have to fight them.
0: But okay, I'm going to jump to the negative though. Even though I love it, rolling dice, sometimes that bites because you, you remember, Marty, my big old warship was flying in to attack a planet and it was going to decimate your orc boys. And I rolled and I rolled all defense die, no attack. I'm,
2: oh. All you needed was like one attack. Uh, there's this uh, concept where a spaceship can come into a void space where there's no planet and an attack an adjacent planet. And Tony did that, rolling four dice and rolled four shields, and it did nothing. Another weird thing about the combat, too, Tony, is that after you roll the dice, they stay there forever, even as units die. Thematically, I thought that was kind of odd, because as units are taken off the board, they're still contributing to the overall battle. Did that bother you at all, or was it just like, eh, it doesn't matter to me? I,
0: I considered it. They were there. They, they cast their lot onto the battlefield. So regardless, they, they provided the initial, they, they provided, that's how I looked at the dice. They were the initial assault. Okay. And the cards were the generals in the back sitting there saying, okay, here's the strategy behind the initial assault. We're going to send our men in. And I didn't think of it as three separate battles. I thought of it as one big attack. You know, and that, that's what I'm saying.
2: Well, then I need to view it the same way. And that way it makes more sense. Cause it was just kind of bothering me. It's like, okay, that guy's gone. But the dice that we rolled at the beginning of the turn are still there to continue doing damage after each play of a card. Right.
0: He shot his weapon,
2: and then he took a bullet. There you go. <laughs> okay. Now, the resource management on here is, I think, is probably a little bit easier than StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Remember, in StarCraft, you had Vespin Gas and Minerals. Right. That you had to deal with. Uh, here you just have one type of resource in order to building units. But there are other types of resources on the board. When you do that dominate order, every planet can give you maybe an additional type of token. One is a forge token, which you will need to build your bigger units it can also decrease the command level needed to build a unit. Uh, you have the little cash tokens, which makes a unit two less resources to build. And then the last is reinforcement tokens. Now, in StarCraft, there was reinforcements uh, where if it was supporting units, if you had more units than defenders going up against you, each one of those could be a supporting unit. These are just little flag tokens that you can put out in the field, make us your weakest guy, and basically they become cannon fodder for you. So you can kill off your reinforcements before you, you have to worry about killing off your main units.
0: Marty, for me, I mean, I understand it streamlines it. I mean, you gather your resources at the end of the f- round, okay? Yes. And so you add up your money. Let's say based on the number of planets you control, based on what it says. But thematically, I I enjoyed the idea of the Starcraft workers going out and collecting, and so how much if you didn't if you only had five workers and yet there were, you had seven resources, four gas and three minerals. You couldn't collect them all. Here, it doesn't matter. You're spending because you know you you got them. They're in your bank. You, your your army engine could do that. I like the the theme of the Star Trek, but for the flow of the game, I think Starcraft. Uh, Starcraft. God, what am I keep saying? I don't know. That was Star Trek. That was time. it. Star Trek. Well, whatever. The people, if they've been listening to this long, they know what the heck I'm talking about. Oh, they stopped listening a long time ago. Dude. Yes, but anyway. So to me, I think it, the the war ham. See, now I'm gonna say Warcraft. <laughs> it's it's in, it's in it's it's in the mind so anyway warhammer i think it moves everything along a lot quicker and it's better to use it's quicker to spend than than people sitting there okay i gotta place two workers here on the minerals oh but it, but now i will say you'd lose the minerals in warhammer or minerals the the money if you lose the planet and the same thing could happen in starcraft if you lose a planet that gets you lose those workers on that planet so that was kind of an interesting concept so it's pretty much the same but i do think the warhammer thematically and i don't like it as much but i think it's a lot better for the game
2: so thematically you're giving the nod to starcraft i totally agree combat you're giving it to forbidden stars or starcraft
0: oh combat i'm gonna go to forbidden stars
2: so the even though there's luck in the roll of the dice you're still cool with that
0: i'm fine with that how about you
2: usually i'm not a big dice thing but the cards can mitigate the luck of the dice and because uh, you those cards can add additional icons like attack or defense and morale icons, which help you in the overall battle. So I tend to agree. So it looks like the main things that we like better with StarCraft were two: the tech tree and the theme.
0: For me, that's just knowing the StarCraft. So yeah, it's just those two. Let's end it at that.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's those two that uh, that take the lead there. Everything else, I think they did a good job uh, streamlining. So Tony, if you, if you were given the choice of, do you want to play StarCraft? Or do you want to
0: play Forbidden Stars when I ask you to come over? Which will it be? It's going to be Forbidden Stars for the game length and just the overall. And, and the one aspect we didn't talk about, which is will always be my favorite in Forbidden Stars, Warp Storms. Love them, love them, love them.
2: Why don't you explain how those work? Because you're right. That is totally different than Starcraft and totally changes the well, game. Well,
0: gee, thanks for putting me on the spot there on trying to explain this. Um, and you know how well I teach games. So warp storms, they basically are little nebulous clouds that fit between the tiles. They're these little thin paper bars that basically are represent—you know representing some type of warp storm that's going on. And units cannot pass through there. So they're initially put on by the players on the board to kind of direct or control the flow of where the ships are. Going to go and the units are going to move, so during the game, at the end of the um, round or near the end of the round, and during the regroup phase, everybody flips over a card that says, "Hey, um, you get to do this if you played." Uh, is it? It's not dominant. What's the? See, now, Strategize, Strategize. if you play Strategize, you get to do this card, but everybody gets to flip over one of these cards, and it tells you how to move the Warp Storms. That is a huge strategy thing. Now, in our last game, Marty, we basically took the Warp Storms out of play by putting them on the edges, and then the cards that kept flipping never really impacted us. Other game, it was a big, big deal. So I think it can go either way, but I love that part of the strategy, because just because you're done with the round, it doesn't mean the strategy stops.
2: Yeah, and there's a warp storm for every player on the board, and each one moves one, but you can't move one that's already moved. Right, and
0: they either, yeah, they slide up and down across the board
2: where they flip. Or rotate yeah. 90 degrees, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the warp storm is a really cool thing that StarCraft didn't have. Now, StarCraft did have the jump, the uh, areas where you could jump between planets, mm-hmm. which could really mess you up, too, because those were set up at the beginning of the game, and somebody could just like come right in your back door. You really don't have that here the the warp storm is is kind of the effect of that is like uh, the warp storms impede uh, movement and you can use it to bit I one time I even shut myself off Uh, one area that there was a token that somebody needed to get and I managed to put the warp storms around me on a corner so I knew I was safe that turn
0: and I think this is an area of expansion for this game to be able to put those jump gates on the edge of boards. I can see that.
2: Oh, that would be cool. I can see that happening. There's no doubt there's, no doubt there's expansions oh, coming yeah. because we're talking about the. Uh, there's four factions in this. The Space Marines, the Chaos Marines, the Orcs, and the Eldar. There's a lot more 40K factions and I would be really surprised if they did not come out with an expansion for this game. And if they do, I will be all over it. The models are gorgeous. As always, Fantasy Flight puts out really good models. The StarCraft models were good too. But these seem a little bit more stable, Tony, because remember the StarCraft were uh, on their little mm-hmm. plastic pegs and they would break off. These are removable so they can come off the stand and those stands are will flex a little bit and they won't break like they will uh, on the StarCraft.
0: And I agree with you. The models really do help the game and help you get into the theme. But, you know, for the price point, I would have been happy with little paper standees. I'm sorry. Or little tokens. I would have been happy.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad we got the models. So, Tony is this a uh, uh, we we have it but if you didn't have this game and you played it how would you uh rank it as whether you would buy it or just give us our ro scale here
0: based on my criteria for a game and knowing my play criteria and if we didn't have it uh, this would definitely be a buy game for me and knowing that you would be you would always be willing to play it and our friends would be willing to play it but i know from my side, my, my wife and our neighbors, there's no way I could get this to the thing. So that is something that everybody needs to understand. This is not one of those games that you just break out and play with those light gamers. You can't do it, but if you've got a great gaming group, it's a definite buy. The the time length I think is awesome. And I think the replayability is there. So for me, go buy it and you bought it, but are you glad you bought it? What do you think?
2: Definitely. It's still a must buy for me. This was this fits a niche or a style of game that i was looking for a big battle game uh we did talk about the time but we didn't mention the time link a four-player game once you really know the game could take you if everything goes really quick you could probably do two and a half three hours but allow three to four hours for a four-player game i think that sounds about
0: fair right i'll be honest with you yeah at the starting but i think if you keep playing the same races I know there's there's no fun in that but once you learn a race I think you could really get this game in and under 2 hours I really do because it's because you'll know the dice you'll be knowing the cards you'll know your strategies and the only thing that's going to keep changing is that board and your objectives and that's going to that's the initial slow time how am I going to get there how am I going to get those objectives but from that point on I think the gameplay itself the battles the collection the regrouping all that will go very quickly
2: we have been comparing it to StarCraft, but I will say a lot of people have been saying, is this the Twilight Imperium killer? Tony, for me, I don't think this is this isn't Twilight Imperium. This is not a 4X no, game. No,
0: it's not. And I don't. I mean, we played Twilight Imperium so long ago. We just joke about it now. If you like that kind of game, I don't think this will kill it for you. But I do think it, it could be your lighter Twilight Imperium.
2: Yeah, but it's not again. It's for people who are wondering. Even, even though it looks like an eclipse or Twilight Imperium, it's not a 4x game because the. To be honest with you, StarCraft was closer to a 4x game because of the tech tree and the way you had to get everything kind of up and going before you expanded in and you know exterminated the others around. So, a lot of people saying this is now my Twilight Imperium. For me, it is it is in a different class. This is more going out there. You you build up your units. You go fight. You take over objectives. If somebody was to say twilight imperium or this i would definitely still say this because of the length of time and i just really enjoy this game must buy thumbs up so glad i bought it and can't wait for expansions in the future and now that we've talked about it i'm hyped and looking forward for us to get together and play again
0: we took our time on this one man we 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 are the stuff and we know starcraft is out of print we realize that people but you may be able to find one in your local thrift
2: store I seriously doubt it. And in fact, I've thought about selling mine for a decent amount of money, but I just can't for nostalgic reasons. So there's our look at Forbidden Stars. Tony, a couple years ago, we got to participate in a very exciting contest that was sponsored by the Dice Tower Network and Cool Stuff, Inc. And we are so
0: happy to be doing the exact same thing again. It just sucks. We can't be part taking part in the contest. We got to be giving the contest man this prize package is incredible well i guess we should explain what that prize package is oh they know all about it i I don't wait no they don't they don't okay okay all
2: right so here's the deal Many of the shows on the Dice Tower Network are going to be giving away a $50 gift certificate to Cool Stuff, Inc. And every show is going to have different ways to be able to enter to win. And each of the show's winners will be given to Tom at the Dice Tower, and he will draw one winner to win a $1,000
0: gift certificate to Cool Stuff, Inc. How cool is that? Did you reverb and echo that $1,000? Didn't you hear it? Oh yeah, that's it's still playing in the background. I think I can hear it. So <laughs> so but Marty, how are they going to win this from RDTM, from rolling dice and taking names, other than having to listen to us for an hour and a half, how are they gonna win it from us? I am so glad you asked that Thank question. You. Now, some
2: of the we want to make this again as easy as possible.
0: Well, whoa, 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 let me caveat that we will make this as easy as possible on us. <laughs> Oh, my bad. They're not supposed to know that. Okay. All
2: right, so here's the thing. Uh, Several ways you can do it. Let's go straight to BGG. You know what, Tony? If they're a member of our guild right now, guess what? They already have one entry into the contest. Bam.
0: That just happened.
2: Bam. Right there. You didn't have to do a thing. You know what, Tony? If they have any of our three micro badges, which is our logo, the Moon Pie micro badge, or the Moon Pie with a Squirrel, guess what? They have an entry into our contest. Bam. You know what, Tony? If they have all three, that's three entries into the contest. Did you see that? One, two, three. So if you're a member of our guild, have three badges, that
0: is four entries into the contest right there. And, and now let's let's caveat that by the end of the contest. If you're part of the guild and you have those, it's not like as soon as you hear this episode, we're looking at you and then freezing it. No. By the end of the contest, which Marty will announce today, that's when that's when the entries count.
2: That is correct. There's and guess what we have a form uh, a form on our thread wow we have a thread on our form where I was giving away eight geek gold to anybody who wanted one of our micro badges I will resurrect that thread I still have some to give away we've had a lot of new members join recently so guess what if you want one just uh, go to that thread say you want uh, one of our badges to to uh, to own. I'll send you eight geek gold, and you, you can purchase whichever one of the three. So one entry for each micro badge.
0: And keep in mind, people, that that is not a honeypot. That's going to end out soon. So don't think that Marty's <laughs> got infinite geek gold out there. It's first come, first served. Marty, don't resurrect the thread. Make them dig through those uh, twelve pages, sixteen pages no, of forum. call no, oh. oh, dude, no. no. So- Again, we're making. Let's make this part easy for them. How about that? Oh, oh, okay, so fine, Marty. So the other way is, and y'all guys know I love to do these things, we're going to have a Google form out there, a survey. I love my surveys. I love pulling in the data. That's always fun. I just love data. So you get to go out to the form, go to the link that we will be posting on our webpage as well as in our BGG forums, uh, in the show notes, if Marty remembers to post it in our little blurb when he releases to that form. And you just need to answer a very simple question out there and include your email. That's another entry for you. So one, BGG Guild, three micro badges, and a a survey with one question and an email address. There's five entries, but wait, there's more. There is yet another way where you can get an
2: entry into it, because if you're listening to this show right now, we're going to give you a secret word. And if you tweet this secret word or send us an email to rolldicetakenames at gmail.com with the secret word. There's yet another entry. And you know what the secret word is, Tony? No. Hashtag RDTN secret
0: word. Dude, that is so, well, so lame.
2: Lame? Okay, yeah, I guess the best thing I can think of. So if you uh, send us an email or you can on Twitter, just hashtag RDTN secret word. That is yet another entry. How many entries is that, Tony?
0: The last I counted was six. I had to take off both pairs of my socks to count. (laughs) My my hands are busy. You know, they're over here holding on, typing, Googling, all that other stuff while we're recording. So I I can't use my fingers. I got to use my toes. Six
2: six ways to enter into the contest. And uh, good luck to everyone. The contest will end on August 25th. Uh, We have to have our entries and selections in to Tom by the end of the month. And then on September 1st, Tom is going to do a live show on his channel to pick the winner for the $1,000 gift certificate to Cool Stuff, Inc. This is Editor Marty. Once we finish the episode, we decided to include yet another way for you to enter the contest. All you have to do is like our Facebook page. That's it. Just go out there, give us a like, and yet another entry into the contest. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. Now, here's the thing. I mentioned that there's other shows involved in this contest. If you want to uh, enter in some other ways to try to win the gift certificate from other shows, go to The Secret Cabal. They're participating in the contest. In addition, Blue Peg, Pink Peg, and Flip the Table. All of those guys are running contests currently. So, go listen to their shows. Find out ways that you can enter to possibly win those. And, hey, who knows? Maybe get lucky and you win multiple of these
0: amazing, Marty. Give, give, give. That's what we do here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names, you know.
2: Okay, well, actually, we aren't. It's actually Cool Stuff, Inc. that's giving, so
0: Okay, fine. Well, whatever. We're the ones sponsoring. If it wasn't for us, they couldn't get it, right? (laughs) <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's true. Okay, thank you. All right, so once again, huge show, Gen Con, Forbidden Stars, a contest. What more can you ask for here? For us to shut up and uh, get off the air. That's what we need to do. So anyway, guys, do me a favor. Just keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at and Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice, Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook.
1: Hey,
2: and I also found Sam Healy and Matt Evans and the Undead Viking and Patrice and Patrick and Rob and Riccardo and...
0: Other than getting me Ties of Time, Marty, I didn't see anything else in my gift basket coming back from you. How else am I going to get my games?
2: Well, I I couldn't afford to bring all that stuff back with me. Look, dude, if you want any of these games that are coming out at Gen Con, then why don't you go check out FunAgainGames.com and order some stuff there. And you know what? If you order over $80 worth of games, you get
0: free shipping. And that is key because a lot of the other places require you to get that $99 or $100 in free shipping. So. You know, $80, it's not hard to meet that, especially if you pick up Forbidden Stars. I mean, you're almost there. That's
2: right. Fun Again Games at FunAgainGames.com.